the champion, literally the baddest motherfucker on the planet, man. Shout out Vitaly, to him. Vitaly's the mayor of Kiev, and, uh, you know, he's been in some great wars and a great champion and wasn't afraid of anything. And he told me a story once about... Let's see. Beauty. How's that? Is that okay? Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Thanks right. for doing this. No, it's good. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, for the last show in Boston, um, we had a really, we had the highest rating ever for boxing uh, on UFC Fight Pass. And in Canada, it was the second highest show on any uh, UFC event this year. So I believe really it. happy about Canada. I believe it, man. The The marketing was done great. I think the the promotion with uh, UFC Fight Pass uh, with Dana and yeah. you is just a brilliant, um, brilliant thing. And that was one of the main things that I wanted to speak with you about. Um, because Dana said in the past that he would never work with uh, do boxing, you know? That's right. <laughs> and, and, and he, you can tell that he loves it. That smile he had when he was watching Callum, that, yeah. you know, man, you could just see the, the passion he has, especially for that community. Um, you know, I feel like that really, really brought Massachusetts together. Um, you know, speaking with Danny, I know he was so proud to be there, to give him that opportunity to come back from that loss, avenge that, look excellent doing it. Um, it was brilliant, man. And yeah, it brought it brought a lot of stars out, obviously, and it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it uh, you know, it was Dana's idea to bring Callum there. I, I thought it was a little bit early. He only had five fights, but uh, headlining a, a big arena like a Guinness Arena box at Boston University um, really uh, turned out well. Uh, it was his first fight on the East Coast. Naturally, he had a lot of Irish fans there, but, uh, you know, with Dana being in attendance and, and posting on social media and then doing the the uh, that punch bag challenge that uh, Callum, <laughs> Callum did, he broke the record at Peter Welch's gym. I saw and, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then Dana posted that anyone that could break Callum's record would get $5,000. So there were like 300 people that showed up the next day. Dana was there and uh, no one could break it. And then, and then Callum said, if no one breaks my record, can I get the money? And so Dana paid him the money. So that's what no, that, that was, was at was... the end of the fight there when he was handing out the bankroll. Yeah, that was a little bonus, a little <laughs> bonus from Howlerhead. But uh, yeah, it. Um, you know, wherever Dana goes and whenever he's engaged with something like that, an event like that, you know, that's why, you know, we're always, uh, we always want to put on great entertainment uh, on the boxing side because we know if we're going to capture the UFC fan base and the UFC fans, you know, they want to see action in the ring. And uh, Callum delivers action. He's 6-0 and now with five knockouts. Uh, George St. Pierre was there, Max Crosby. You know, the all-star from the Raiders was there, Mickey Ward, Jerry Cooney, uh, Matt Sarah. You know, the list goes on of all the celebrities that turned out uh, to that show. And they were really happy. The the uh, Massachusetts Athletic Commission, the uh, Guinness Arena, they were all happy that we brought back a, a big boxing show uh, to Boston. And, and with the success that we had there, launching Callum on the East Coast, uh, you know, we'll just build on, on that success. And when we go back next year, it'll be even that much uh, bigger yeah and you can tell man because it's it that comes from what you folks choose to do you know like you said um you know you don't want any felix stern exceptions you know you don't want to have you know him <laughs> people running away from you know fights that are are the real fights to do you know yeah. you, you, 
you look at top rank, I don't want to name it, you know, you look at other promotions, their, their odds, you know, when you look at the line and it's really lopsided and you, and you know, you can tell when, when the athletes enter your ring that it's, it's not lopsided odds. It's, it's guys that are there to fight guys that put everything into it. And that's what, that's one of the things that you love the most. I know is that when you have the opportunity to bring a boxer light, especially when they're leaving it all in the ring, you're going to mm-hmm. get that platform. You know, when you have that opportunity, that, that gives you such a good satisfaction that you can give these guys that, you know, man, like, again, I'll use Danny as an example. You know, this, it was massive, you know, PBC knockout of the year, highlight reel going, he's taking that five years off, you know, yeah. he gets to come back Massachusetts evening of, or the eve of St. Patrick's day yeah. put on the show that, like you said, a thousand people arena with a soccer stadium feel. And it's truly that it's truly, truly that man. And, uh, yeah, it was- Having uh, Danny O'Connor, who's headlined the TD Garden before, having him as the co-feature to Callum Welch. And uh, we appreciated Danny, uh, you know, uh, fighting on that show. And it was perfect for him. Like you said, you know, he took the time off. and, and But coming back, fighting in, his, in front of his hometown crowd uh, really was a great uh, step forward uh, for him. Just, uh, you know, reinvigorating his career and, uh, and the fans fans reacted to it you know we tried to put on as many local fighters as we could uh kevin walsh who's local there he sold a lot of tickets um uh, francis hogan uh sold a lot of tickets he brought out a lot of fans he was a good outfit there yeah crosstown rivalry with uh, jimmy williams and then uh and uh you know unscripted callum walsh in his interview after his fight said you know what there's another there's another 154 pounder that fought on the show tonight who's undefeated, and I'd like to I'd like to fight him. So he automatically just wants to fight competitive fights. And uh, Francis Hogan now is uh, 14 and 0 with 13 knockouts, I believe, and uh, that would be a great fight for uh, for Callum Walsh that's, in the future. That's really exciting, and it's good. You know, it's good to have people that that are like that. You know, you have Adesanya, you have Volkanovski, who right away, you know, they don't let anyone speak for them. They say, hey, I'm fighting this guy next, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not fighting some tin can or not a tin can. You know, I, I don't want to disgrace any athlete that enters the ring. Um, I don't want to be fighting anyone that is a lesser opponent of my skill. You know, mm-hmm. um, I want to fight a top three guy. I want to fight the guy that's calling me out. So, um, again, you know, bringing it back to doing it the right way, uh, you know, not not letting anyone run away from the fights that need to be made on your end is is why I've kind of dubbed it. It's, it's again, the, the great American you know, revival in boxing. It truly is because you see, you see this, you're bringing the communities together, you know, doing it in California um, and to see it in the East coast. And, and even, you know, again, just Dana's smile, man, you know, GSP <laughs> smile, everyone's it's, it's, you know, money and the promotion and the fighters for sure. But, you know, at the end of the day too, it's, it's giving people opportunity, enjoying the sport, having a great time and, and just putting on a show for the fans. And the fact that you guys could do that, obviously feels excellent and and it shows that you guys enjoy that time you know and 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 i gotta give a a big credit uh not only to dana but uh for giving us a green light for putting Mm -hmm. fights on ufc fight pass but ufc fight pass as a platform is such a great value you got so much combat sports events uh, all the archives all the ufc fights uh from from before and uh you know, us build it. It gives us an opportunity to build these up and coming fighters, whether it's Callum Walsh. Tomorrow we have the show from Commerce Casino here in Los Angeles. That's Omar Trinidad versus Adana Choa, a crosstown rivalry here in Los Angeles. Both guys sold a lot of tickets. They got big fan bases coming out. 
Mm-hmm. And that'll be that'll that's a guarantee. There's not too many guarantees in boxing, but that's as close to a guaranteed war as uh, as you're going to see in the ring. We got uh, the son of Hall of Famer um, Anderson Silva. Gabe Silva is actually making his pro debut in boxing. He's nine and one as a kickboxer, and he wants to uh, he wants to continue his career as a boxer. So he's going to be on the show. It's actually Anderson Silva's birthday tomorrow. So um if everything goes the right way uh you know anderson's going to be in the corner with his son and uh you know the fans will be able to get to see him up close you know one of the legendary uh, ufc fighters so we're trying to make as much of a crossover between boxing and the ufc fan base as uh as we can um you know so we're happy uh, gabe's on the show uh umar jombekov he he's he only has three fights he's three and oh with two knockouts but uh he trains at Wildcard, and he's a nine-time Austrian national champion, and we have really, really big hopes and expectations for Umar. He's got a great amateur career, and he's the type of guy he wants. He'll fight as tough as we'll put him in. So uh, he's going to be on the fast track for sure with only three fights. You'll see him fighting very often, and that's another good thing about Fight Pass is uh, not only building fighters but keeping them very active. You know, if a guy mm-hmm. can fight – four or five times a year like that's the plan for Callum Walsh that really really elevates their uh marketability and experience uh, very quickly Callum's only 22 he just turned 22 uh last month and uh he's he's definitely on the fast track well and that's why they're on the fast track too right they put out that show they put in that effort they get those finishes in even if they don't get the finish they do put on that performance for a spectacular yeah. win um yeah. you know the transition between MMA fans and, and boxing um, you guys are making that happen quite seamlessly, and it's the timing is good, especially on how you've had uh, we've had um, you know uh, UFC fighters like Tito and Anderson and, and those guys um, Tyron go into boxing, you know, and and um, even honestly bringing up Jake Paul as much as everyone hates to bring up his name, it's a you know it brings light to the sport, it brings guys and young guys, young kids, you know, whatever that may be, if that's going to create someone that's going to build themselves up through sport in the future that's an excellent thing to do and uh you know it seems like that's going to be excellent with silva you know having a a birthday a birthday with his son in there, maybe getting a K. <laughs> yeah that, that we oh, couldn't man. uh taylor we couldn't have planned that one better having his son fight on his birthday i didn't know that until just a week ago when we were going over some of the publicity uh points for the promotion so that really we're, we're looking forward to that and uh you know, whenever you have a pro debut, you always have kind of the jitters of how you're going to perform, especially being the son of such a legendary uh, fighter. But we're we're excited uh, about that. And, and uh, you know, uh, going back to Callum, you know, he's been fighting. He trains out here in L.A. He's been fighting here in L.A. But we want to do similar to what we did with Triple G is bring him to different markets. And naturally, mm-hmm. Boston with the Irish heritage, Freddie Roach is from Boston, Dana White's from Boston. Um, you know, it, it, it was kind of scripted that way to bring him, uh, to Boston and he's going to fight another couple of times here in LA this year. And then we're going to kind of have a grand finale going back to the East coast. The guys from Madison square garden, they drove all the way up from New York to Boston to watch Callum Walsh fight. And, uh, they really want him there. So we're targeting uh, a fight at the theater of Madison square garden towards the end of the year. So that'll be, that'll be exciting. If everything goes the right way. Well, Tom, even if I got a hitchhike there, man, I'll make sure I'm there ringside to take some pictures <laughs> and report from for Canada, man. Because honestly, uh, I don't think the 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 sport the sport is getting a lot of light, 
but you know if i bring up like it seems the the base level is kind of a casual fan and for true fight fans this is the stuff that they need to see they really do yeah. um i, yeah. I think that's excellent you you know going to your point on uh, jake paul you know some people criticize him saying well he's taken away the spotlight from other boxers who've trained all their life in boxing but you know, Jake Paul is creating his own destiny. You know, it's like nobody's giving him a guarantee. He's generating, he's selling the tickets. He's generating the, the pay-per-view sales. So he's profiting off of the revenue that he's bringing himself. You know, if someone was paying him, if someone was putting him on TV instead of putting on someone else, then you can make that argument. But he's, he's basically creating his own path and generating his own revenue. And I think bringing in, you know, new fans, uh, to boxing that's what we did with triple g where a lot of a lot of fans would come up to me on a on a, every show they said wow this was a great show you know we had chocolatito as a co-feature we had a great undercard for the triple g fights whether they were in new york at madison square garden or in la or in vegas and uh he was one of those kind of trailblazers i would say you know from kazakhstan you know th there hasn't been a lot of famous uh professional athletes from Kazakhstan and then building him into a global superstar, mm -hmm. you know, like we did, it, it really brought out a, a kind of a new fan base. And like I said, people come up to me all the, after every fight, they're like, Oh, this was the first time I went to see a live boxing event and this was great. And we really appreciate it. And so that that's really what boxing needs is to be mm -hmm. kind of rejuvenated and not focusing on, you know, Floyd was a tremendous fighter. You can't take anything away from him, but I think he kind of, you know, with that 50 and 0 unbeaten record, you know, it's like put such an emphasis on staying unbeaten instead of guys like that's what Dana does geniusly in the UFC is like you might have a dominant champion, but if they get beaten, it's not like he's got to wait two years to get back in the ring or get back into a title shot. They put a, Dana will put him right back in maybe two months, three months later, and he's in another great fight. And so, you know, he's making money and the boxing's very top heavy in terms of the top, top champions making 90%, maybe 95% of the money. Mm. And, and Dana keeps the guys busy and active. And, and uh, you know, that's really what boxing kind of needs to get back to is what the fans are, want to see is the great matchups. Even if someone doesn't go undefeated, doesn't mean he's not a great fighter or not a great champion. Look at Bernard Hopkins. He lost his very first fight and then went on to become a great champion. And that's, I think, what we need to get back to is, just putting on fights for the fans and the promoters not working against each other, which hurts ultimately hurts the boxers and hurts the fans and, and, uh, and the sport in the long run. Absolutely. And like, and first of all, um, like people, people barely knew what Kazakhstan was, let alone it was a place. <laughs> like you said, when you were bringing yeah. in triple G, um, yeah. Callum, um, for Jake, just like triple G marketable, interacting with fans you know that's that's one of the main things that you brought up is yeah you can be a great athlete yeah but don't be you know if you're in the gym sure be in the gym but also interact with the community that's what gives people an insight into the life into into the training and that's what really excites it um for the the, the losses i think it really creates one of the best stories in combat sports look at israel adesanya moving up to light heavyweight fighting jan blockowitz look at him losing to alex poetan Pereira, and and you know and coming back this past Saturday with the, one of the most devastating knockouts and one of the greatest celebrations inside the octagon. This, Absolutely. you know, that'll be remembered forever. And it also builds onto the story of one of the greatest trilogies in MMA history. If that fight happens again, which I'm sure Dana's not going to let go without that happening. 
Um, on top of that, you know, then you have the backstory of Poetan avenging, um, you know, Glover Teixeira's uh, retirement loss against Jamal Hill. You know, this it's it's exciting stuff, and 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 I, you know, I, I this is like the year of the fight fan. It really is. It is the year of the fight fan, man. You have Conor McGregor coming back, John Jones coming back. You guys doing yeah. boxing like this is massive, and it's yep. it's exciting to, to especially be able to speak with you again. So thank you for uh, taking this time. No, absolutely, Taylor. And, and you know, uh, getting back to the Triple G situation, uh, when we had meetings, we had meetings with HBO, we had meetings with Showtime, we had meetings with Epics back then, they were doing boxing. And, uh, you know, Kazakhstan was best known for Borat at that time, honestly. And, uh, you know, when I, when I told them, I said, look, we don't need a lot of money. We just need an opportunity on US TV. He's a champion. He'll fight any, literally, he'll fight anybody at 160 pounds. And, uh, you know, that was in January. I remember that meeting was in January and uh, it took us until September in a twist of luck to get on HBO because even though Showtime had promised a slot, I think it was in April and the HBO had promised a slot and then that didn't work out. Uh, as soon as he got on HBO, he uh, the fans loved it. He didn't make a lot of money, but he put on devastating knockout after devastating knockout and he created his own value he was selling tickets he was selling out arenas to new york in la you know like i said with uh vegas uh, mm -hmm. the o2 arena he sold out when he went to japan against Murata. he sold out the the, the the uh saitama arena in tokyo so triple g created his own value and whenever he went on pay-per-view he got paid on the pay-per-views whenever it was an hbo license fee he got paid on that but he always provided the most value to the fans that were subscribers of the uh, of the HBO uh, of HBO or of, of the uh, pay-per-view so he blazed his own trail and like I said he brought a lot of new fans into uh, the sport of boxing well yeah if you want to show you know who to call right so that's that's the man um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for uh, you know HBO is kind of been questionable you know ever since I heard that they uh, you know denied Leila Ali an opportunity and still wanted to interview Muhammad that same yeah. night you know, uh, that, that didn't sit well with me, even as a, as a fan. So uh, that know. was, yeah, that was unfortunate. That was, that was unfortunate because we had Layla as the co-feature uh, at, at the show. Muhammad was there. And I, I, that's how I got into boxing because we, I had a partner, Harlan Warner, who was in the sports memorabilia business and he did a lot of work with Ali. And uh, I heard you, you, know, you, caught, you uh, sorry, I heard you caught a football from Joe Namath through that. Yeah. Football's from Joe Namath and baseball's from Sandy Koufax. It doesn't get doesn't get any better from that. I mean, they would just Joe would sign it and then uh, toss it over to me, and then I would stack them up. And I mean, that was those those you know being just being around those legendary athletes in a casual setting like that, and watching Ali, you know, with his Parkinson's challenges, and then when he, as soon as he started hitting the heavy bag and start training, then it would just be like his muscle memory kind of came back and wow. you know we did the uh i set up the uh appearance for him with the will smith movie uh ali uh we did the premiere over in germany where muhammad was there for three days and i got to spend all those days with him uh watching him interact with the fans and i tell that story over and over where he was jet lagged he naturally had uh he naturally uh he naturally had his uh, challenges with the parkinson's and uh we had a long day we were dealing with sponsors and and uh making an appearance uh for the film and then he would come back to the hotel at night and lonnie wanted him to come up and said you know you need to get to the room you need to get rest and he, he saw the fans lined up 
in the hotel with the security lines and he sure enough he went down and he signed everyone that was waiting for him there and and uh you know the people were crying because they're like well you know you're my my hero because it was like their father's idol watching you know getting up like four o'clock five o'clock in the morning in germany to watch ali fight and uh then being able to meet him in person i mean he just didn't want he knew that would be the only time that they would have an opportunity to meet him and he just sat, sat there literally for over an hour just signing autographs and that's what I, I always try to impress upon these young athletes if the greatest of all time could do that you can certainly take time out appreciate the fans sign autographs take pictures with the fans and I would tell Triple G, every autograph you sign, every picture you sign, that's one more pay-per-view buy for you. If you want to try to monetize it that way, and then you have a fan for life, you know. And a lot of, for some reason, some athletes just don't don't understand that or don't take the time out for the fans. And when I tell them the greatest would do that, then all of a sudden they, they have no excuse uh, not to do it. They, they you know, many athletes, are not, not only in boxing, but many athletes, whether it's baseball, football, whatever, they get paid their salaries. But then if they don't give back to the community, those are the people that are paying for the tickets that pay for their salaries or the TV ratings that pay for their salaries. So it's definitely a give and take situation. And when an athlete is humble and, and uh, you know, interacts with the fans, it's uh, it's definitely uh, something that's that's great to see for their career. That's that's exactly why the scream Ali Bomaye will forever be remembered. He was the people's man. He was the people's champion for sure. Yeah, yeah. You gave me, you definitely gave me chills uh, just being able to hear that from someone that directly interacted, man. Thank you. Um, did you hear possibly there might be a 50-year anniversary of Rumble in the Jungle between Nganu and Wilder? You think that'll happen? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that, you know what? That's You got two stars uh, of the sport, of two different sports. You know, if they can put that fight together and, and make it work uh, wherever it's going to be, um, I, I, I'd like to see that fight. You know, Wilder Wilder has a big punch and uh, and Nagano, you know, has proven to be a great champion. So, you know, that's compelling, just like, uh, you know, Jake Paul fighting Nate Diaz. I think that's a compelling that's a compelling fight uh, uh, also. But, uh, you know, what we're doing on UFC Fight Pass is really bringing up the next the next generation of uh uh, of stars and uh you know we want to be able to uh, you know with dana's support just continue to to build them uh with each fight uh build their brand build the marketability and really making fight pass a destination for boxing fans to tune in and 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 watch boxing that's what makes it easy the strategy on my side you know having the dates to build these fighters to be able to announce dates in the future and uh, give the the fans uh, a location and a worldwide uh, platform to uh, to tune into some great fights. And I, well, and you know, I think uh, how you said Kevin Kelly did it. You know, he forced himself onto HBO <laughs> with the balloons, right? Like, you know, how how the next guy do that? Hop on balloons. the hop on the mic, you know, make a move. So yeah, you know, balloons, and, <laughs> balloons and pencils, and he cornered Lou DiBella, who was the head of HBO Boxing at the time, and. He was in Madison Square Garden and basically wouldn't let him wouldn't let him go until he he put him on. But Kevin was definitely deserving of it. He was number one across the board. He beat, pretty much beat everyone in the top ten. He was number yes. one rated across the board in all the sanctioning bodies. It was another situation where he had to wait and wait and wait to get his title shot, and then finally we were able to force that shot on, uh, put it on HBO, and and he wound up winning and. 
and uh, Kevin was the first or is the first champion that I ever worked with and have many, many fond memories working with Kevin Kelly. Uh, definitely a very personable, marketable, charismatic, uh, charismatic uh, champion for sure. That's awesome. And for people that don't know, I just want to give them a little bit more insight into like the history of your, your start there as well. Like you've, you've done it all. Like you've, you know, obviously getting K2 uh, started with Klitschko's, uh, bringing in G Triple G for that, working with his promoter, you know, and just keeping relationships formed, even though they're, they're, they're the uh, opposing team, you know, that's, that's how the Klitschko, um, um, your relationship with them was formed, right? I, I believe was, uh, just yeah. keeping in contact with them, even though they were, they were the opposition. And he was uh, quite frustrated with his management a few years later. So, um, you know, doing that um, charity work with Reagan in, in uh, Russia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we actually got to meet, uh, got to meet Gorbachev uh, at, at that time, flew over there to Moscow, met with him. And, and he had actually countersigned photographs and baseballs that Ronald Reagan had signed at the time. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, was a big donation to to the charity over there that that uh, Gorbachev was doing, and uh, yeah, that was that was a special treat. Mm -hmm. That was a special treat, also. Um, you know, and the Klitschko's is is a great story where you know I've been managing fighters for ten years. Like I meant, like I said, you know, Kevin Kelly was the first champion. I got Shane Mosley on HBO. Nobody mm -hmm. wanted to fight Shane. I had to deal with with Cedric Kushner. Um, where Shane got his title shot on HBO against Philip Holiday it was the very first fight at the Mohegan Sun, mm. uh, which turned out to be a great fight location. Um, you know, and then working with many other uh, great athletes, James James Tony for like three or four fights, and uh, Layla Ali, like we mentioned. Um, well, then, not even, sorry, not sorry? even individual athletes, but actual like a whole weight class and female athletes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like super you funny. brought to light female boxing for HBO after 45 years of them not having a champion. You well, brought the excitement back to the 126 pound division and under. Like, we finally shattered that glass ceiling for HBO where we put Cecilia Brekus, put Cecilia Brekus on HBO when they wouldn't, you know, they, when they wouldn't let Layla Ali on there, who basically is the most famous uh, female boxer of all time, just like her father. Um, uh, then we got Cecilia Brekus as the co-feature on Triple G's show when the Canelo fight didn't happen. Um, then uh, she became the co-feature. And then, uh, sure enough, she headlined HBO uh, at the end of, uh, of their run. So we definitely broke the glass ceiling there. And with the Klitschko's, that was one thing. You know, I always like to treat the people that we're involved with, whether it's the the people we're promoting or involved with or the opponent, I always try to keep, treat them with respect because you never know when you need a favor from the person that's across the ring from you, or, you know, you just want to keep a good relationship. My philosophy, Taylor, is you want to, I treat people, you know, when we're the A side and we're controlling the promotion, I always treat people the way I'd want to be treated because, you know, I was in that position coming up and, uh, you know, you never know when you're going to run into them again. And uh, with the Klitschko's, it was that way. I knew their, their manager and publicist back then. Um, and uh, even though Vitelli knocked out the guy I was working with, Ed Mahone, uh, the, their manager said, look, Tom works with Muhammad Ali. If you ever want to meet him, you know, talk to Tom. And so I told Vitelli, I said, if you want to come to the office in L.A., if you have an opportunity when Muhammad's there, we'll definitely put a meeting together. And sure enough, it was maybe four or five months later. He flew to L.A. Um, and uh, we put the meeting together with Ali.
personality. And then ever since then, we had developed a personal relationship. And then, you know, he became unhappy with the relationship with the German promoter that he had. And, and I said, Vitaly, you know, we could just start our own promotional company. The, the TV networks want to deal with you directly. The arenas want to deal with you directly. This was after the Lennox Lewis fight. And he fought yeah. so bravely and had the cut and wanted to continue fighting. 73 pitches, 2003. <laughs> that was an interesting <laughs> dynamic. Uh, 2003, Lennox Lewis, 63 stitches exactly. I got to give a shout out to Dr. Uh, Perlman Hicks, who's a, who's a plastic surgeon who you couldn't, after that cut healed, or those cuts, I should say, you couldn't even see a scar on his face. So that's, uh, he, he really did a tremendous job in that fight. But then uh, uh, the year later, we formed K2 Promotions, and that was the very first fight when Lennox vacated the title. Our very first promotion, <laughs> I got, you know, if I didn't have the 10 years of experience in managing fighters, dealing with HBO, dealing with the arenas, whatever it was, my very first promotion was heavyweight championship of the world of uh, Vitaly Klitschko versus Corey Sanders at Staples Center, which was one of the premier, it still is one of the premier arenas in the world uh, on HBO, uh, dealing with the uh, California Athletic Commission, whatever it was. And uh, boy, I, I, I didn't sleep for literally about three weeks leading up to that fight. I was like doing everything, but it, it worked out well. And then, you know, because of the success of that event, I wound up um, K2 the company that I was running as a managing director wound up uh, promoting every one of the Klitschko fights after that, both Vladimir and Vitaly. And so we did shows in Madison Square Garden. We did shows over in Europe in big uh, soccer stadiums in Germany. Um, I remember Vitaly fought Adamek in one of the brand new stadiums in Poland uh, that was built for the World Cup. Um, Vladimir, you know, they fought in Russia, which now, you know, they're just like mortal enemies uh, against the, uh, the uh, the Russians, but uh, you know we you know we can't. It's hard for me to give an interview and talk about the Klitschkos without knowing what they're going through right now in Ukraine. So we always we always keep them in the back of our minds and in our thoughts and prayers, and and I uh, keep in regular contact with uh, with both of them, and and uh, you know just hope that they get through this, you know, safely and soundly, and that you know there's actually a country there when uh, hopefully all this uh, comes to an end. Truly the, the baddest motherfucker on the planet. When you say you have to be a champion, literally the baddest motherfucker on the planet, man. Shout out Vitaly, to Vitaly's the mayor of Kiev. And, uh, you know, he's been in some great wars and a great champion and wasn't afraid of anything. And he told me a story once about, you know, he grew up on, grew up on different military bases. His father back then was in the Soviet military. And they would go to different military bases where he gets stationed. And naturally, it's just like if you go to a new school, sometimes you get tested by other kids, and especially Vitaly being tall. He told me once, Tom, he's like, when I said, Vitaly, what do you think about fighting this guy? What do you think about fighting that guy? He's like, Tom, if it's only one guy in there, I don't care who I fight. It's like I was used to fighting like 20 guys. They were surrounding me. And it's like if it's only one guy in the ring, it doesn't matter. He's like, you can put whoever you want in there. And that was literally his mentality as a street fighter, kickboxer. You know, a lot of people don't realize Vitaly was a kickboxing world champion before he ever got involved in boxing. And so talk about, uh, you know, just a, a very talented all around fighter. Uh, a lot of times, most times, you know, when you're kickboxing, you can't make that adjustment into boxing, especially not at the level of being a world champion. And mm -hmm. uh, Vitaly did that and Vladimir won the gold medal, went on to some, you know, long historic reign as, uh, as heavyweight champion under the tutelage of Emmanuel Stewart. So yeah, that was uh, that was a great run with uh, 
both uh, both with Pitchco brothers for sure. It was, it, it was uh, definitely on TV a lot when my uh, grandpa was watching boxing. Man, it definitely uh, you know caught a, caught a couple of them just when I was a sprout. So it was really really amazing to to be just a part of that even as a child seeing that growing up and knowing where they're coming from and and knowing where they're at now. It's it's quite incredible, quite incredible. Yeah. So what you what you do what you bring is is bring light to boxers bring bring this doorway bring this global launch pad honestly is what it really is and that's uh what you're doing for Adana Choa and um Mr. Omar Trinidad tomorrow here yeah and I'm, I'm quite excited Omar 11 and 0 9 KOs Adan uh, 12 and 2 5 KOs both looking brilliant Adan marched right in uh asked for this fight after yeah. uh you know the last uh, last called, win he called them out yeah called them out on social media and we also have Kane Sandoval, who we just signed to 360 promotion. So he's 8-0 with eight knockouts. Another one in the same lineage with an exciting fighter. Um, Gloria Munguia is the first fight of the night. It starts at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Uh, UFC Fight Pass starts and with Gloria Munguia. And she's oh, she sells a ton of tickets and always an exciting fight. So the fans uh, are going to be in for a treat to watch her watch her fight again for sure. Awesome. So 8 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, folks. Where when you guys are watching from here, make sure you're uh, catching that out on the Fight Pass. Actually, the opposite, Taylor. It, it's uh, it's 8 p.m. Pacific, but 11 p.m. Uh, Eastern oh. time. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Sorry about that. Yeah. So I know you're busy, yeah. man. I won't take too much more of your time there, Tom. Um, yeah. This this is awesome. I'm I'm very excited, and, and I'm excited for you and 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 the company at and 360 and and what you guys and Dana are doing. Uh, I think it's excellent. Um, obviously, just just from like someone that truly appreciates the game. I know so many people say, "Ah, it's great," but from someone that really appreciates the game, likes to dive down into every little specific detail, see how these things go, see how these stories come. Because at the end of the day, uh, like combat sports, whether it be um, grappling to boxing to whatever, is truly about getting up after you've been knocked down, and to share the stories with these folks about that. There is nothing more inspiring than seeing someone get knocked out, get up. Tyson Fury, round 12, is one of my oh, yeah. favorite, tremendous. favorite moments in my life. Yeah, seeing, tremendous story. Jaw-dropping. So, and I know, you, yeah. I know you're very aware of this. So um, I want to give a shout-out. Um, you know, there's this gym that just opened in Muay Thai Academy in Vancouver here. And um, Petch Panamarang Kepmukau, he's a glory kickboxing world champion. Um, okay. King of kickboxers who was a Muay Thai fighter originally that transitioned into kickboxing. So again, there's kind of that transition there. Uh, him and his coach, Adrian, open up this gym and they want to have uh, fighters from all over North America go there. So, um, you know, if you know any kickboxers or Muay Thai guys that are more into that style, send them over Adrian Sheed, um, Adrian underscore Fairtex, and mm, okay. um, at Muay Thai Academy in Vancouver. Um, nice. We can stay in contact if you want to take a look at that. But again, I'll... Right. I'll uh, I'll let you get back to the night, and I know you got a big day. Yeah. Well, it's great. It's great uh, talking to you, Taylor. We encourage all the Canadian boxing fans. You know, we've had a lot of uh, great fights with you know David Lemieux, Steve Rolls. You know, great a lot of great fighters uh, from from Canada that we've we've been involved with. So uh, uh, definitely want to encourage everyone up there to tune into the UFC Fight Pass uh, tomorrow. Absolutely, I'll make sure that uh, the people that I know absolutely will and. Uh, you know, I'd really love to bring my camera and be down there for that next event. For sure. Callum's going to be fighting uh, June 9th in uh, L.A. So, Callum Walsh, you got to come down for June 9th uh, in, in Los Angeles at Commerce Casino. I'll be there, Tom. Great. Okay, awesome. Taylor. Good to talk to you. Really appreciate your time. All Everyone, right. Tom Loeffler, legendary promoter. Thank you, sir. All right. We'll talk to you later.
Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.